in the unity of the Trinity. This talk was given by Lourdes Pinto to the Love Crucified community on May 20 of 2021. I'd like to place this teaching before we celebrate Pentecost this coming Sunday in the unity of the Most Holy Trinity and that this teaching bring him glory, bring glory to the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We have been reading from John 17 every day at Mass. And this is probably the chapter in the scriptures that I think not only for me, but for so many, it's our favorite. John 17 is a unique opportunity to see the nature and heart of Jesus. In the first verse, chapter 17, the Lord prays this. Father. The hour has come. Glorify your son so that the son may glorify you. It is the cross that will glorify the son. The cross was utter humiliation to the world. But it was an instrument of glorification in God's eyes. This is an aspect of the foolishness and weakness of the cross that St. Paul speaks about in 1 Corinthians. In verse 19, Jesus prays. And for their sakes, I sanctify myself so that they also may be sanctified in truth. Jesus sanctifies himself. He consecrates himself for us, meaning he sacrifices himself to the Father for us. This perfect consecration of Jesus opened the curtain so that we can participate in the oneness of the Trinity. Yet this entering into the unity of God is only possible if we, as the body of Christ, voluntarily choose, for love of God, to participate in his consecration, which is his sacrifice. Only through, with, and in Jesus crucified, can we enter the inner chamber, which is the heart of Christ, to live in the embrace of the Father with the Holy Spirit. To men the cross appeared an instrument of shame. To Christ it was the means of true glory. In 1 Peter It says, but rejoice insofar as you are sharing Christ's sufferings 
so that you may also be glad and shout for joy when his glory is revealed. It's constant in the scriptures. Rejoice, sharing in Christ's sufferings and joy. They're all one. St. Paul says it this way in Colossians. I am now rejoicing in my sufferings for your sake. And in my flesh, I am completing what is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body, that is, the church. Peter, St. Paul, and all the true followers of Jesus Christ participated in his consecration to the Father. That means in his sacrifice. The last verse of this powerful prayer of Jesus, verse 26, Jesus says this, I made your name known to them and I will make it known so that the love with which you have loved me may be in them and I in them. I invite you to sit with this one sentence before the blessed sacrament and just remain in it. The Lord is saying, the love with which the Father has loved Jesus may be in us. I don't think we can fathom the love of the Father for Jesus. It's beyond anything our human heart can experience. Yet, this is the deepest prayer of the heart of our beloved. That we receive the love of the Father that he has for his son, Jesus Christ. Wow. Just remain in the depth of those words of the Lord. They're so powerful. Come, Holy Spirit, come and renew us. Open us up. Take out all our blockage, our garbage, our pride our arrogance, our self-will, everything in us that's blocking us from receiving the love of the Father as one with the love of the Son. That is the greatest gift. That is the greatest desire of God's heart. And he sent the Holy Spirit to give us the gifts of gifts, the grace of grace. Love of the Father alive, working, moving, penetrating, consuming us on earth and to its fullness in heaven. This is how we have to pray to the Holy Spirit, my family. The prayer of Jesus in John 17 reveals divine love 
the Trinity. It is the Holy Spirit received from the pierced heart of Jesus crucified that brings us to know the love of the Son and the Father. It is the Holy Spirit that brings me, Lourdes, and each of you to participate in the deepest prayer and longing of the Son so that I pray like this. Father, glorify your daughter, Lourdes, as one with your Son so that your daughter may glorify you. Father, glorify me, glorify each of you. That means grant me the grace to die, to be crucified as one with your son, to become his sacrifice of love to you. I need to pray And for their sakes, Ava, I sanctify myself through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ, so that they also may be sanctified in truth. That my desire of my heart is for each of you, for Peter, my husband, for my children, my grandchildren, all my spiritual sons and daughters, and every soul that they be sanctified in truth. So sanctify me, sacrifice me in Christ. That's the prayer of our beloved Jesus Christ. It is the work of the Holy Spirit that brings us to pray as one with the Son. I invite you before Sunday, begin to pray with these exact words of Jesus as I am doing. And ask the Holy Spirit, beg the Holy Spirit that this prayer become one with us, our prayer in Christ. I listen in spiritual accompaniment at times to brothers and sisters complaining of their suffering, a tendency that I also see in myself. Yet the spirit always moves me in spiritual accompaniment to see the glory of that suffering in Christ. For example, if I am suffering great mental and physical exhaustion, and this suffering in Christ is bringing graces to my love crucified family, Is it not worth it to me? Is it not an opportunity to glorify the Father and Son? Why would I complain? If someone is suffering physical ailments and that suffering saved their soul, is it not worth suffering in gratuitous love? If that physical suffering suffered through Christ, with Christ, and in Christ is saving the souls of their family, is it not an occasion to rejoice? Then why is it so difficult for us? Because we are 
complicated because of sin. And God is simple. The way to unity is so, so simple, my family. That's why we have the simple path. But for us, it's difficult because of our brokenness, woundedness, self-centeredness, and on and on. So our greatest journey through the simple path to union with God is to allow the Holy Spirit to purify us so that we can suffer in Christ with joy, with gratitude, with excitement. I did a journey through the simple path from its beginning to the summit of unity in the Trinity to understand how God has been guiding us through his Holy Spirit to union with him. And I'd like to take you through this journey. I went to page 59 in the simple path, kind of from the beginning, chapter two, number 16. And the Lord said this to us, suffer all with me, gazing upon my crucified love so that your suffering can perfect your faith and you can become my living chalice. How simple, suffer all with me. We move to page 87, number 29. The Lord says, the purest love on earth must be united to suffering. I came from heaven to earth to suffer in expiation for the sins of the world. This is love. He goes on to say, pure love gives itself solely because of love. He talks there about the Trinity. He says the Trinity is pure love. Therefore, the father gives his life by giving to the world his only begotten son. The Holy Spirit. This most pure love flows, igniting the hearts to suffer with me. Do you realize, my community, that each of us are here because the Holy Spirit has already ignited us? We are so blessed. We are ignited by the Holy Spirit. There is no other way we could even have a desire to be victim souls. That is the work of the Holy Spirit alive in us. We are blessed. Let us rejoice and give thanks to God because we have responded. Now, he just needs to continue purifying us so that we can suffer better and better with him. Number 39, we move to page 139. The Lord said, if you could only understand the fruit of the martyrdom of suffering, you would desire nothing else on earth. Wow. The hidden life of suffering with love and for love is far greater worth 
than great and small works tainted with human recognition. It's a constant coming back to understand the gift on earth of suffering, of the cross. It's foolishness to the world. It can only be loved and appreciated and lived, the Lord tells us, by humble, docile souls that have allowed the Holy Spirit to ignite them. Generous souls. This is what the Lord seeks to fulfill the desire of the heart of God. We move to page 162, number 49. The teaching the Lord gave us on the Eucharist. This is so powerful. We need to constantly come back to this teaching. Why? Because it is the most powerful reminder of how the Holy Spirit makes us living host. And by the way, being a living host is the mystical incarnation. The Lord tells us, learn about the hidden life by contemplating my Eucharistic life. This is how God loves. Jesus says, I give myself fully to the good and the bad. He's teaching us. All the people we consider bad, are we willing to give ourselves fully to them? This is how Jesus loves. This is how God loves. I give myself fully to the deserving and the undeserving. To those who love me and to those who persecute me. I continue to love those who do not love me. Those that use me. Those that are unfaithful. Those that are indifferent to my love. Can I love someone that's been unfaithful? Can men and women continue to love someone that's been unfaithful? Imagine how hard this is. I don't think we have to imagine. We know (laughs) how difficult it is. The Lord says, I intercede continuously before the throne of the Father for all. Then he says, your ordinary and hidden life through the cross becomes united to my Eucharistic life. Our life and the Eucharist become one in the cross. Outside of the cross, unity is not possible. That is why we see such few transformed souls on earth and in the church. That is why we see so many priests lacking the fire of the Holy Spirit. The Lord says, your hidden life takes on the same power as my hidden life because we are no longer two but one. These are my living hosts. 
In this union of love, you enter and live in the realm of God on earth. The mystical incarnation. We have to ask and beg the Holy Spirit this Pentecost Sunday to help us to love better, to help us to love the difficult ones in our lives, to help us to love in silence as we receive the piercings of rejections, harshness, and on and on. John chapter 17, verse 4, Jesus prays, I glorified you on earth by finishing the work that you gave me to do. Jesus glorified the Father by completing his mission. My community, we have a mission in Christ's mission. We are called to redeem souls with him in his sacrifice of love. That's our mission. As we live every day to fulfill our mission, we are glorifying the Father. That's why he's pleased with us. Even if we're not doing it perfect, we are glorifying the Father. Because we're trying our best. And that delights God. And that opens us up to be purified more, to love better. How blessed we are. We move on to page 217. Union in the Holy Trinity is the fruit of becoming one with me in my crucifixion. For this is perfect love. Again, do you understand where this journey is taking us? To learn to see the grace in this world of suffering. Everybody suffers, but very few souls love in suffering in Christ crucified. And this work becoming a sacrifice to the Father in Christ is the work of the Holy Spirit. And without the Holy Spirit, it is impossible. That is why Jesus teaches us in Conchita to pray daily to the Holy Spirit. We need more and more to treat the Holy Spirit as our closest divine companion. We need to talk to him constantly. We need to run to him when we need help. He is my best spiritual director. He is my teacher. All of these teachings come from him. He is the wisdom that I give you. We need to bless him. We need to thank him every day. And we need to ask him for these graces. The Lord tells us something important. He says, this union of love is achieved by few. Because of lack of perseverance and selfless love. How many souls are willing to enter this purification, to come to the cross for you, and then to persevere? 
But those that persevere, like we're trying to do, enter and receive the grace of graces. Because the Lord is promising it. It is his prayer in John 17. Unity in the Trinity. And then the Lord says, a saint who becomes one in my crucified love has the power to transform an entire society. Ponder these words. We're a mustard seed. We're a few here, one over there. And the Lord is saying, one that enters this union in the Holy Spirit has the power of God to transform a society, a town, a city. One. Wow. Holy Spirit, help us believe. Believe, my daughter and son, believe. Then if you go to 230, we enter chapter 4, the fusion of hearts. How powerful. You know what the Lord says? The fusion of hearts takes place through the sword of suffering as one. Suffering again. (laughs) And we continue to reject suffering. What is wrong with us? We're so dense. (laughs) Then we move to 231 and we talk, the Lord teaches about abandonment. And what does he say to us? Abandon yourself simply. Don't be complicated. (laughs) So simple. By accepting all the way that it is given to you. So today, we couldn't start on time. We abandoned ourselves. That's okay. We started a few minutes late. God has a plan. In everything, we abandon ourselves. Juan Carlos spoke to us about how he had to learn to abandon himself when he didn't get the job he thought he had for sure. Because God had a perfect plan for our brother. Abandon yourselves. And then he says, this simple abandonment in each of the circumstances of your lives that I have placed you in. Page 233, silence. This work of unity, of being transformed in the Holy Spirit is impossible without silence. From the silence of learning to suffer in silence, when we're pierced, that we don't give in to our desire to be consoled by a friend or our spouse, that we're able in silence to remain in the Holy Spirit, suffering that piercing with Christ, through Christ, in Christ. The greatest growth in our transformation is when we begin more and more to suffer in Christ in silence, embrace to him. And I leave you to ponder 240 and 241, which is unity on your own. And I'm going to end by sharing with you an experience I had in 2012 that I've never shared with you. But I think it shows so beautifully in an image the power of the Eucharist and what it means 
to become a living host. I wrote, during Seneca, I saw a host as if suspended in the sky. Then the host was filled, consumed with the light of Jesus. Then I felt the gaze of the father upon his son in the Eucharist. And the light of the father came as a beam of radiant light to his Eucharistic son. Then the light of the Holy Spirit issued out of the Eucharist. Then I saw a human body. It was not any one person in particular. So I understood that this person represented all of us. The light of the Eucharistic Jesus penetrated fully and was consumed in this person. I felt the gaze of the father upon his son, fully one with this person. This human person was the living tabernacle containing the life and light of Jesus. Then the light and power of the Holy Spirit issued forth from this person. I understood that the Lord was giving me an interior image of the spiritual reality of a living host. It is only the love of God that can penetrate darkness. God was revealing to me the life and unity of the Trinity through their light. The love of God is a continuous flow and unity of love between the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Our hidden life becomes one with Jesus' hidden life in the Eucharist. He becomes one with us. The gaze of the Father is always on his Son. Therefore, his gaze is then set upon us, for we are one with Jesus. Then the love of the Father and the Son, which is the Holy Spirit, can consume us and flow from us to the world. As living hosts, our lives enter the realm of God and therefore can affect the world according to the desire of God himself. Our hidden and ordinary lives become the hidden force of the light and love of the Trinity. This is the hidden force, which is the Eucharist, and the hidden force which has the power to penetrate the darkness of Satan. Amen. For more information on the path to union with God, please visit the Love Crucified community website at www.lovecrucified.com. God bless you.